A lot of people think funnels only work if you're selling online courses, and that couldn't be further from the truth. Today on Legacy Builders with Brian Delaney, we're gonna dive deep into a funnel that's scaled to $34 million a year as a trade school that teaches, you know, HVAC, plumbing, electrical, and those types of things. This is an incredible example of a non-traditional business model that can still make a ton of money through strategic online funnels and ad campaigns that draw people to you like a magnet. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Legacy Builders with Brian Delaney. We all know that sometimes you try something, you launch a funnel, you launch a business, and it doesn't go as planned. It doesn't work as well as you think. And sometimes we just keep trying the same exact thing. And sometimes we need to pivot. So today we're going to talk about a really good example of when pivoting, when trying new things is the best option. And to do that, we're actually going to learn from a funnel that is producing over $34 million per year. So Brian, help me understand, help our audience understand, uh, give us context of this funnel, but also like bigger picture, this problem of when entrepreneurs that they're afraid to pivot, they're afraid to change when something's not working. Yeah, absolutely. So at the end of the day, right, uh, Tony Robbins talks about Kaizen, right? Constant improvement and, and really need to embrace that outside of personal development and, and, and really embrace that as entrepreneurs, right? Because we make plans, you know, we build things, we launch things and then, you know, th things go well and other times things don't go well. And so, that's what happened in this situation. We, uh, these guys, uh, you know, have trade schools, you know, two primary trade schools and they're expanding across the country, Texas and Florida, uh, and maybe some other States, but they're, you know, already doing well with their physical locations, right. In, in, in you know, in, uh, on the West coast. And so they thought, you know, let's, let's, because, you know, COVID came and, and changed the game. Let's do an online webinar and let's sell an online program and let's have people go through this at their own pace at their own homes. And it sounded like a great idea until we actually put it into play. And so we started running traffic on a webinar. We started hosting those webinars, running those webinars. And we ran a couple. We didn't run, you know, 20 or 30 as we should. We should have run more. Uh, but we got to a place where, you know, the owner of the company said, you know, hey, Brian, what do you think if just we scale what's already working? Right. And, and there's less that there's a lesson in that, right? If you got something that's working, you should probably try to f exhaust it as full as possible. Right. I mean, these guys before working with us were really only advertising in two, you know, 10 to 15 mile radius zones of these two trade schools. Uh, right. And, and how much traffic are you going to get, you know, from two locations in a 15 mile radius? You're, you're just not going to be able to tap into that, that, you know, that amount of people as you could, right. Going out for the whole country. So, so rather than, you know, shutting everything down, stopping everything and, and saying this doesn't work and, and running off and, and, you know, and crying about it, these guys understand, you know, you know, as an, as entrepreneurs themselves, they understand, you know, we need to pivot and we need to, you know, adjust and, and, and shift and we need to optimize. And sometimes we have to adjust. And that's part of this industry. It's part of the game. It's part of life. It's part of business, right? It's like, you're going to, you, you send something out, you get feedback, you know, if you get enough traffic to it, you can get, you can get proper feedback. Uh, you know, if it doesn't work great, you know, wh what's next, right? You don't just give in. I don't just give up, right? That's a, 
that's not, that's not, that's, you never win if that's, if that's how you approach life or business by just, you know, folding like a deck chair, you know, a couple weeks into it. And so my encouragement to you here in, in, as, as it relates to this part of the conversation is if something doesn't work right away, keep trying. Okay. Change the headline, change the hook, put out some new content, right? Do something different. Right. Because if you keep doing the same thing over and over again, uh, expecting a different result, that's called, you know, that's called crazy, right? <laughs> it's called insanity. Um, what we did was we shifted and that's because the owner said, Hey, you know, you know, the webinar doesn't feel, it doesn't seem to be bringing in the right people who are going into the back end, which really the back end for them was coming to the, the physical locations and being immersed in an experience for two weeks with other people. And so I said, yeah, absolutely. We can totally run traffic at your application funnel and drive in person, uh, which makes sense, right? It's a trade school business, right? These people are hands-on. You've got plumbers, you got, you know, HVAC technicians, you got electricians, right? This is very hands-on. So these people don't generally want to sit behind a computer and learn things. They'd rather be in a classroom. They'd rather, you know, learn, you know, in a classroom environment, which kind of makes sense, right? But hey, listen, I I give it to him for testing, right? He would have never known. And and with us, it wasn't the first time he tested it. He actually tested it before us and it failed and kept failing. And then he tested it with us and that didn't work as well as he thought. And so he went back and pivoted back to, you know, driving, you know, Google traffic and driving Facebook traffic um, to an application funnel, to a phone call, phone call to a sale. And you know, I always say this, you know, and so it's worth remembering is that when you go, when you go to sell high ticket, anything over five grand, that sale is going to be best, especially when it's 10K, 15K, 25K, that sale is going to be best when you have someone on the phone or you're doing it in an event where you have a bunch of people present and live, right? That's why you see a lot of masterminds, coaching, sold at events, but then you also see a lot of people sell it over the phone through interaction with a person, right? And so those are always going to be your best ways to sell high ticket, period. I've tested them all. I've been doing this for going on 17 years now. And those are the best. Number one is going to be a, a skilled salespeople on the phone. Okay. That's number one. So if you, you know, if you don't have skilled salespeople on the phone, that's an area of resources you want to start developing. Uh, because, you know, if you want to make, you know, real money in this, at the end of the day, selling high ticket and selling your backend offers is going to be where you want to put a lot of your time, energy, and attention to. Because at the end of the day, if you think about it, your front end is really for your acquisition, right? Your back end is where you profit, and your back end is where you see the most results with people. So you should be focused there anyways, right? So Brian, I'd love to go into the actual stats of these campaigns. And you guys did a really good job of advertising on both Facebook and Google, but sometimes those platforms, yeah. they're a little bit different and they serve different purposes. So can you help our audience yeah. understand um, kind of a big picture of what the differences between Facebook and Google ads are going to be, and then dive into the actual stats for this, this specific funnel. Yeah, absolutely. And so, well, the interesting thing was the owner of the company didn't really think that Facebook could produce the type of leads that Google was producing. Okay. Now, you know, they do over 30 million a year just with Google traffic in two locations, uh, Phoenix being one of them and, um, Vegas being another, and so from their perspective, from their mindset, it was Google works, 
in these demographics with these zip codes. And we're not really sure if Facebook's going to work. And so I said, well, let us try it. You know, we've got one of the best, you know, ad teams in the world with the results to back it up. Like, give us a shot. Let's, let's give it a shot. Because what if Facebook became better than Google? Right. And so I'll break down some of the stats. And what we found, uh, when we, we started to branch out was that our Facebook traffic was actually better. Um, than the Google traffic. And you'll see that with the, the reporting of the stats. So on, on the reach on Facebook, we reached so far, we've reached over 4.5 million people, uh, 1.1 million video views. Uh, we got 54,782 people to click over to the website. Um, and we've got 7,192 applications, uh, at about, at a cost of about $24 an application, which, uh, might seem high, uh, but the reality is in my business, I spend over $100 an application. So to me, $24 an application is a home run, right? And then if you look at the Google stats, we, we got, you know, 220,000 impressions, only 8,000 clicks. Uh, but the average cost per click is three cents. And, um, and then the total apps is 285. So 7,000 plus leads on Facebook are applicants and over on Google only uh, 285. Now the big difference is, you know, Google is search focused, right? Uh, you know, people have to be searching in for, uh, you know, a school, you know, technician, you know, trade school or HVAC certified or, uh, you know, becoming an electrician or, you know, and they have to be in those, those areas of those demographics, right? Um, in those zip, in very specific zip codes. So the difference between Facebook is Facebook, you can go broad. Uh, you can still focus on zip codes, but you can go broad and focus on interests and people they follow and those type of things. Uh, whereas Google, it's like, you know, it's keyword search, right? Um, I like both. Quite frankly, I like using both. Uh, but the reality is uh, with Google, you've got to be split testing keywords, headlines, you know, ad copy, all that. Uh, with Facebook, you got to be split testing images, videos, copy, uh, audience, audience demographics. You've got to be testing all of those different things. So, uh, at the end of the day, as we began to see what traffic source, I thought because Google was already producing 30 million a year, uh, in two locations, I said, okay, well, let's just add Texas, let's add Florida, and we should be able to do 60 million a year. You know, you would think that that, uh, would translate. Uh, it didn't because th there's no, there's no physical locations there, which they're working on acquiring new locations in those zones. Uh, I think once those new locations are in those zones, people from Texas and Florida, they, they would rather be in an office learning in Texas or Florida, not flying over to Vegas or flying over to Phoenix, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good, uh, that shows the difference. And I think there's a lot of businesses, especially like physical location businesses, things like with trade skills where people are thinking, okay, it's like, you know, when you need a plumber, you search for a plumber. But I think this is a great example of showing how Facebook ads and, you know, putting those ads in front of people can actually work really, really well and sometimes better. And you see with your cost per application, you know, it was, it was half as much on Facebook. It was $24 yeah. versus $46. Yeah. Well, and then the other thing was, you know, my wife came in to, to help them really dial in the script, uh, because that was one of the challenges was, you know, we got a lot of traffic from Facebook, which meant a lot of applications, which meant a lot of phone calls. Right. And so 
you know, they weren't used to that type of traffic source. They're used to someone searching to become HVAC certified, getting on the phone, like, yeah, I'm looking to get HVAC certified. And then them basically doing a layup saying, okay, well, here's our school. Here's our process. Here's our fees, you know, and just explaining the logistics. They, so they went from that to then having to cert, you know, really having to drum up interest in the HVAC industry or the, you know, uh, mainly the HVAC industry, right? So they had to really like, put that in, that narrative out through Facebook ads and attract people who want a new mm -hmm. career, right? So it's, it's a totally different message, um, which requires a different conversation on that phone right. call. And so that's where my wife came in and her brilliance, she's brilliant when it comes to uh, high ticket selling. Uh, she sold education actually for, uh, for eight years straight, did close to a million a month in sales, uh, trained her there, that sales team of a Fortune 100 company um, over in San Diego. And so she, it was really a good fit, quite frankly, because my wife had so much experience in the background of selling education, uh, you know, and, and then these guys are selling the same thing. They're selling education just happens to be a trade right. school, right? Yeah, I think that's a great perspective. And yeah, identifying that the message has to be different depending on where the ads are going out. What are some of the main kind of lessons yep. you walked away with or you think our audience can walk away with from this $34 million a year funnel? I think, yeah. So, um, always be testing. I mean, that, that's a given, right? Um, always be testing new creatives, new images. That's why I recommend if you're an expert, you know, doing three or four photo shoots a year, because you're, you know, that's your ammo, you know, right. That's, that's, that you need that, uh, be more mindful of getting photos and selfies and, and getting backdrops and, and capturing the experience of your life that others want. Right. Um, people are, are paying for results. And so, you know, what are, what, what is the result of those results? Right. And, and, and people look at that, you know, so I would say get, get into the habit of, of, of scheduling photo shoots as uncomfortable as that might be, or as natural as it might be. Some people it's natural and they love it. Other people it's awkward and, and, and they don't love it, but you, you need copy, you need creative right? And you need to constantly put new creative into your marketplace. So always be testing, always be testing your headlines, always be testing your hooks, always be testing your copy, always be testing, you know, uh, your images and your videos, right? Super vital. Uh, you can get away with a little bit of less, le less testing. You still have to do testing on Google, but you can set up a, a four ad split test and then decide a winner and let the winner run. I mean, I have Google campaigns where I did that in the beginning, I'm talking 2013, 2014, and I'm still running some of the same ads to this day uh, that that already de determined that they are winners, you know, from the past. So Facebook's a little different. That's you're constantly needing to optimize and adjust and scale campaigns and find winners, right? Because one's going to crush it, but it's only going to crush it for so long, and then you're going to have to create something new, right? And so that's a big, a uh, big tip is always be testing, always be optimizing. Uh, if it's not you, someone on your team needs to be dedicated to that. In our agency, we have, you know, three or four people that that's all they do. They, you know, copy optimization, design optimization, technology optimization. There's optimization is a constant. Okay. And so that's super important. And then, and then uh, another, another lesson was scaling, right? Start scaling the way that we started scaling this particular business is by adding in new locations, right? So going out of those two locations, coming down into Texas, coming down into Florida and start opening up the floodgates strategically, of course, obviously we're not going to go from two locations to all 50, right? 
uh, that's not, you know, that's not smart because it's just going to push too much volume and then you're going to need a lot of people on the phone. Um, and then the other lesson is, you know, do what scale more of what works, right? When you find something that's really working, hyper-focus and pour more of your resources into that. A lot of times what people do is they'll, they'll jump to the next shiny ship, right? And so they'll have something that crushes it and they'll, and, they, and because they want to, uh, because they like do, launching things or they launch doing, doing new things, they'll then jump over here. And so really take a look at your business now and, and look at what's worked, what hasn't worked, but really focus on what works, right? I think a lot of us as entrepreneurs, you know, we jump from ship to ship, shiny ship to ship, as I say, uh, you know, and we, the ship we were on was fine. You know, it was doing great if we just would have focused and scaled what was working. And that's really the moral of this story is that these guys had something that was working really well. They just needed to scale what was working rather than try to completely pivot in a completely different direction, you know, all to find that that wasn't the right that wasn't the right track. That wasn't the right path right. for them. And this is such a good example of um, maybe a non-traditional, like this isn't uh, a business or a business model that a lot of people would think, okay, yeah, we can scale this online. Um, but like you've said many times on the podcast, you know, scaling your expertise online can happen across a variety of industries. You don't just have to be, okay, I'm a coach and I have these products. Like there's a, there's a lot of different ways. And I think this is such a good story of, a huge, you know, a company can scale to huge, huge ways simply by paying attention and testing and scaling, um, really what's working. Yeah. I mean, think about it. I mean, these, these guys could be doing half a billion dollars a year if they have, you know, if they just scale across the country. Yeah. Yeah, right? absolutely. You know, and a lot of people are thinking and, they have to do it with like only online services. They're not thinking about, okay, we have yeah. in-person locations we can scale traffic to. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But I do, I give them the, um, I give them props for, for, for wanting to get out of the box. Right. Right. And, that, and that's what it takes to be a good entrepreneur is trying things through, you, you know, charter, uh, going into uncharted waters, right. They were going into uncharted waters when they first when, when we first came up with this plan to sell this online program. Once we got selling it, we realized, okay, hold up a second. You know, we're about breaking even on the front end, you know, but the, we're, we weren't seeing the uptick on the back end. And that is a really important thing that needs to happen, right? So, you know, at the end of the day, you know, your front end is to bring people in so that you can ascend them into the back end, deeper levels of service. For these guys, it just happens to be getting, you know, getting certified as an HVAC technician or an electrician or a plumber, right? But you need to have both of them working, right? Like your front end should fit like a glove and serve right. your back end. And that's where, and like I, I've said this before, but they both should sing and dance together, right? Like one feeds the next. Um, and then the other component of that is, you know, a, a, a mistake that people make is they only focus on their front end acquisition and their front end product and, and they and they don't focus on their back end. It's really, it really takes, two to tango, right? It takes both, right? You need both working. You need the front end bringing the right people. And then you need your back end ascension path, you know, ascending the right people into the back end, deeper levels of yeah. service. Yeah. We've, we've seen that to be true with all of these funnels that we kind of do these funnel deep dives into, and it will continue to be true that the front end and the back end have to work well yeah. together. 
again, I think this is such a good example just because it's unique. We're dealing with physical locations. We're dealing with Google ads, not just Facebook. We're dealing with a lot of unique things. And I hope that our audience can really see that um, really there's so many different businesses that this, that these models and these funnels and scaling this can work with. Yes. Yeah. That, yeah it's a great. And Seth, everyone always says, you know, I need more traffic, right? And it's like, listen, you don't need more traffic. I can send you, you know, 10,000 clicks with a push of an email and more traffic's not going to solve your problem. It's typically usually your funnel, your offer, your message, like how you're going to help them get where they want to go. Seldom is it, you know, a traffic problem. But yeah, exactly. In this situation, right? We've got Facebook, Instagram, because they're together. And then you've got Google, right? But you can totally scale this thing, you know, go Bing, YouTube, right? And then there's another 10 app, 10 platforms that you can, you know, also mm-hmm. scale on, right? So traffic's not the problem. It's the message. It's the offer. Um, it's a number of other things that people mess up. Uh, traffic is typically not one that people mess up. Because traffic's traffic and you just need to get the right message and run in right. front of the right audience. Yeah, absolutely. Well, this has been great. I hope our audience, I hope that you guys can uh, take some of these lessons and learn from this unique funnel deep dive that is you know, producing over 30 million a year. Uh, we're going to keep bringing you more of these stories of funnels that are working and kind of break them down and give you the numbers uh, here on Legacy Builders. But um, in the meantime, thank you for listening and we will see you next week on Legacy Builders. Thank you for joining me on Legacy Builders, and I would encourage you to come back to the next episode next week to get more clarity on your journey to launch your expertise online, scale your impact, and build your legacy. If you're ready to get the process started of launching your expertise online the right way, then I recommend go to launchexpertise.com, or maybe you're at a place where you're ready to really scale your expertise and your impact. Go to launchexpertise.com. There, you'll have several options. Number one, you can get a free copy of my brand new book, The Entrepreneur Evangelist, which I share the secrets that have unlocked more than $300 million of results for my clients, my partners, and our own campaigns. You could also join a 33 days of coaching with me uh, that's free, where I give you insights and wisdom on your journey to launching your expertise and scaling your impact over the course of 33 days. And that's worth at least 5,000 bucks, but for right now, you can get it for free. And lastly, if you're someone who wants to take the absolute faster, smarter path when it comes to launching your expertise online and scaling your impact, I'd recommend scheduling a call with my team where we can see how we can support you to crush goals and generate seven or eight figures yourself in a short period of time. We have more awards than nearly anyone in the entire community and for good reason. And we would love to help you just like we've helped them. I look forward to seeing you on the next episode of Legacy Builders.